Welcome to the Egg Gap Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Phillips. You can call me Mariah because that's my name. And I'm thrilled to have you on this journey with me and all of the spectacular guests who jump on the podcast to give you more options for educating children so that children have more options for building a magnificent future. The Egg Gap Evolution Podcast is a digital community where parents, educators, and innovators drop the details on how they are using their lives to help children explore the vastness of education beyond the textbook so that we can close America's education gap together. And just in case you didn't get the memo, producing a podcast is a whole lot of work. We're talking schedule coordination, production, the list goes on and on. So in return for bringing you this show every week, we just ask that you always find a way to share and use what you learn on the podcast to enrich children and families everywhere. Alrighty, without further ado, come along with me to meet our very next guest. Today, we're speaking with Brian Sicandi, who's hailing from Toronto, Canada, where he lives and runs the industry-leading cannabis job search engine company in North America. It's called Careers Cannabis. In a bit, we'll get into why Brian founded the company and jump into his personal story. But you guys, Brian has written a children's book that is helping society put an end to cannabis stigma, and we've got to get into it. So Brian, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yes. Awesome. So, so we want to know about where you're from, your work um, in the cannabis industry, all that good stuff. But first, we, I've got to ask, so given that you've published a new book called Kids of Cannabis, what was your relationship with cannabis as a kid like? Maybe thinking ages birth, <laughs> if you're even <laughs> conscious, you want to plan it then, to age, age 18 years old. Uh, that's a that's a great question. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm an 80s baby. So I was introduced to cannabis, I think a lot of 80s babies through through pop culture. Uh, but I didn't get my first encounter uh, where I actually got to touch the plant until I was 13 years old. And uh, I was in the Royal Army Canadian Cadets uh, here in Canada. And during a basic training uh, exercise um, at one of the uh, bases here in, in, in Canada, uh, there was wild hemp growing on the base. Uh, and me and my friend uh, encountered the wild hemp and we, we picked it, not knowing that it wasn't actually smokable cannabis. Uh, that definitely kind of lit that, 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 I don't know if excitement is the right word, but that curiosity for the yeah. plant. Unfortunately, at that time, there was really no education or no avenue or path where you can actually get real information. It was literally pop culture uh, or essentially the uh, do not drugs kind of um, uh, advocacy or, or um, that was really kind of prevalent in, in, in the 90s and the 80s. Wow. What, a, what an introduction to like actually touching the plant. Um, so when you encountered uh, the wild hemp, you knew what it was. Was it because your your family was um, was comfortable with the topic? Was it because that was something well talked about in your house, or was it something? Or was that something that in your house just wasn't talked about? It wasn't talked about, and so uh, you know, fairly conservative house, um, and so it would be there would be no way I could absolutely even broach the conversation, you know, at home. And so what happened at the time for us, we, we didn't know what it was. We, we took a couple leaves, we dried them, you know, in our, in our base at the time. And then we stuffed, uh, you know, the dry leaves into, uh, into a, uh, empty cigarette. Um, as soon as we lit it during, uh, I guess, free personal time during that period of time, it was immediately, it was like everybody was made to line up and they were going to 
go down the line and check to find out who was smoking, uh, you know, cannabis. I, I think that 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 raw excitement and that kind of that attention to the plant just has a has a kid at thirteen was kind of like why is why is this such a big deal? You know, I found this growing on the field, and now the entire army base is being made to line up to see who's smoking drugs. Uh, and I wish there was an avenue for somebody to kind of you know redirect this young 13 year old into, you know, let's, let's start learning about botany or horticulture. Let's, you know, let's let's kind of re-gear your curiosity away from the, the, you know, smoking the plant per se, and more to kind of educating the fundamentals of the history of the plant, which I didn't know about the history of the plant until, you know, 20 years later. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, it's a part of nature, you know, first and foremost. And, you know, we study other things about nature. And then, of course, there's this plant. And it's kind of like, for a long time, it had been hands off, you know, who did this a slap on the wrist, when in truth, it could be more helpful to explore what it is and, and really learn about it beyond even beyond the recreational um, piece. So thank you for sharing that. And do you mind taking us back a little bit into your history, where you're from, um, how you ended up at the base that you're talking about, that sort of thing? Sure. So, you know, I'm originally from uh, Uganda. I was born in Uganda. I grew up in Zimbabwe. So, you know, a period of time that I was born, Uganda was still, you know, a bit unstable in the civil war and really uh, going through uh, quite a transition. Uh, I had a lot of my formidable years in Canada. So we immigrated to Canada uh, when I was still fairly young, grew up in London, Ontario, uh, and I had the great opportunity to be able to study abroad in England and eventually back here in Toronto. Um, you know, I've spent the last 17 years in executive recruitment, so helping very large organizations, uh, staff and hire individuals across, you know, really across entire organizations, supply chain, uh, marketing, sales, um, you know, uh, operations, uh, finance. And, and so my, my, my focus has always been a bit more generalist, but what I've really loved that I've been able to do in the last 17 years is help, uh, help companies grow or help companies reposition themselves in the marketplace and attract uh, really top talent. Um, as I kind of mentioned, uh, you know, growing up in London, Ontario, child of the 80s, um, you know, I was influenced by the pop culture quite a bit. And so, you know, I was introduced to cannabis fairly young. Uh, and for a very long period of time, you know, as I traveled the world, cannabis was that one constant that I knew that I could, one, I could find a community globally, uh, I could find safe space. Uh, but what I didn't know at the time was, is I was I was treating myself, uh, although I didn't know it, um, for, you know, things like anxiety and, um, and you know, some, some mental health issues that, that I definitely went through in my early 20s. And cannabis was, was, was a very strong um, uh, supporter, if you would, or, or, or tool that I used to kind of help me go through uh, a tough period of time. That's a, a rich history. And, and it's one of the reasons I didn't even know all of this. But based off of what I did know about you before we hopped on here, one of the reasons why I'm so excited that you were the one to write this book that we're going to get into because of the diverse experiences that you had with cannabis globally. Um, and so there are a lot of hot topics that any of us can pick from when it comes to what we traditionally teach kids to care about and advocate for. Um, just like you said, mental health, you know, caring about your mental health, equality, the environment. But taking the time to educate children on cannabis is just it's, it's a topic that you don't hear about every day. Um, so in, in your opinion, Brian, why should cannabis be a topic that society focuses on from an educational perspective or even at all? I, I think it's, you know, we, we have to educate 
our, our kids and everybody on cannabis because there's no escaping it. You know, I think if, if we think that we live in a world that somehow kids are, are not, uh, are not looking or seeing what's happening in the world, the changing of the cannabis laws, um, obviously what's well, the, the fact that it's so embedded in our culture, um, to not educate kids correctly, uh, I think it's just a shame. And so what happens when we don't educate kids or when the education is just, you know, do not smoke, do not smoke one, that's just one small portion of really what cannabis plant uh, is. Uh, what happens is, is that we have a lot of individuals that are in, that are ill-informed and, and the worst that could happen, I think for a young child is to, to go out into the world and have somebody give them incorrect information uh, or somebody prey on their ignorance. And so, one of the things I'm really excited about the fact that now we have access to legal cannabis is uh, no longer will you have young adults, um, you know, getting access to cannabis by individuals that want to sell them something else other than cannabis. Right. And so in many ways, by by isolating cannabis into these regulated spaces, you're going to keep people safe. And 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 when kids grow up and they become of legal age to be able to legally consume and and, and purchase cannabis, we want them to do it in the legal framework. And so by educating you know our children very early about what the industry is and the protocols that are taken to ensure safety uh, and the regulatory framework and the environment, uh, but also the usage of this plant goes well beyond recreational. And then you'll just touch a bit on it. And the plant is, you know, its recorded use is 10,000 years old. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a real disservice for children to grow up and think that cannabis is only to, to get high or if you're, you know, if you're really sick and it's for medicine. And not to understand that cannabis and its plant and part of the entire family is can be used for food, biofuels, to make plastic, to build a home. Uh, the first piece of paper was made out of hemp. And so that's just such a rich history of human history yeah. uh, that it would be a shame for our kids not to know it. Because I think when we talk about innovation, when we talk about the future, it is all going to come from our kids. And so I think it's important that unlike how I grew up where, you know, this information was not available. I think kids having this information available, we might see a huge, uh, you know, uh, resurgence of kids wanting to get into science and agriculture and 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 in aspects of 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 careers or of life that I think a lot of people just we don't talk a lot about. Like we don't really know how you know our cereal ends up on our breakfast table. We don't right. Get as simple as that. Hundred percent, and so uh, cannabis gives us an opportunity to get back to those fundamentals. Yeah, I, you know, get back to the fundamentals is it's just so, so, so important. Like I could do cartwheels and just scream <laughs> how important it is because it is. Um, because when you think of the way edu- traditional public education is going, I'm not too familiar on public education in Canada, but I do know that in the the states, um, it's a dire situation as far as kids knowing about agriculture and and STEM skills and things like that. And if you don't know the fundamentals and the basics and how the world works and, you know, the truth of how things are made, yeah. Then the competition of how your your child performs in the world, how your country performs up against the world is your chances are, are, are aren't as high. You know, they're definitely lowered and at risk. Um, and so talking about educating kids more, um, I'm thrilled to jump into your new book, um, Kids of Cannabis, um, and and just all the awesomeness that's inside of it. So could you tell us who this book is for, um, your inspiration for writing the book and who it is for? 
Right. So the inspiration, uh, you know, over probably the last two, two to three years, I've spoken to a lot of parents, moms, dads, uh, single parents, and and those in the industry and those potentially looking at the industry. And there's still a lot of stigma. And that stigma is really driven around close personal relationships, uh, those that start at home and then kind of that extended family uh, and, and peers. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I knew this was an issue and I knew that education would be the only way that we would be able to address it. Uh, when I thought earlier this year about writing a story to address stigma, there was this one particular uh, story that really um, kind of always had in my back of the mind. I, I met this uh, woman. Um, she was an executive and we were looking to place her in a particular role. And I asked her, I said, are you interested in the cannabis industry? And she said, absolutely. But I have teenage kids. And if I work in the cannabis industry, I'm afraid that I'm giving them permission to use cannabis eventually. And even though it's better than alcohol, I still just don't know if I'm comfortable with that. Uh, and then my, you know, at that time, she said her, her spouse would also be a bit of a challenge. And so we started to kind of brainstorm and she read, she kept, you know, she kept coming back to this thought of, I know that my kids will eventually be exposed to it. So I would rather be part of the industry shaping it uh, than not be and be on that sidelines. And so she had a really compelling reason also why she wanted to be in there. And so when I decided to write this book, it was really around that idea is, can I write a story that this particular mother could have taken home shared with her kids, shared with her spouse, shared with her parents, and start that conversation. So it wasn't necessarily going to be the tool to convince the family, but it was going to be the tool to say, let's, let's get beyond the, you know, the, 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 the last couple decades of complete negative association around cannabis. And let's start to talk about what's happening today and the folks that are in the industry. So that was kind of that initial spark of inspiration. Awesome. Awesome. And so would you say that um, the book can lend itself to um, schools or would you prefer, like, what do you think that the book is mostly like, if you are someone who wants to work in the cannabis industry or someone who wants to you know, educate their child on working in the cannabis industry. Is this something that you recommend we read at home or is it something that you feel even someone else's, um, someone could educate someone else's child on? That's a really great question. So as we wrote initially, it was like, this could be a great tool for parents in the industry and those looking to get in the industry. Um, but you know, as you've read the book, it's, it's absolutely applicable to anybody who's just curious about the industry. The children book format is just a great format that just really helps one, it, you confront your own uh, stigma that you might have around cannabis. Because the fact that, you know, I think a children's book seems so unorthodox as a delivery tool to yeah. educate around cannabis. Uh, but it really, ultimately, you know, this book is for anybody that is scratching their head and trying to say, well, what is the cannabis industry? And so um, in three years being in this industry, I spoke to folks that have been here for, you know, been in the space longer than I have, and they are still very ignorant to the complete diversity and complexity of the industry and how everything kind of interconnects. And so in many ways, this is this is a tool, I think, not just for your families. This is a tool for your for your for your social group. This is a tool for your community, uh, because quite frankly, I mean, you know, we all need to be educated about cannabis, what it is, about the industry, 
And then importantly, we need to all recognize that cannabis has tons of families, uh, people raising their families uh, within cannabis. And it's also impacted a lot of families uh, through criminalization and and uh, some of the existing laws. And so to, to your greater question, I, I truly believe that this will it has the potential to go beyond the family and reach communities and, and hopefully society as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I've, when I read the book, cause I, I, I grabbed the book guys, it's just really something like you there. There's also the, the Kindle version, but like, please get the, <laughs> please. It's just, it's just <laughs> wonderful. Huh? Holding it in your hands is pretty nice. Yeah. Holding your hands is just a different, it's just a different experience, especially when we're talking about sharing it with children and families yes. to, for, for, for you to be able to, if you have one child, you know, to be there with them and they can point and they can ask questions. Or if you have a group of children, you can turn it around and they can really get into the story with you, including the glossary that's in the back of the book, which is very interesting. Um, and we'll talk about the, the different industries that you go through in a little bit um, in the book, but so there are, are three main characters in Kids of Cannabis, the, the children's book, uh, Charlotte, Bruce, and Jack. They're the kids whose parents work in the cannabis industry. So, Brian, what did the process of creating these three characters look like for you? So I, that was probably the funnest part of doing this entire book. I, you know, I, I said, OK, we're going to do this book, but we can't just, you know, it, I think all great stories start with great characters. I think all great movies have great character development. So I knew that if we're going to do a story, it, they had to have very compelling characters. And so, um, you know, Charlotte, Bruce, and Jack are, are inspiration from folks that I've known in the industry. So, you know, Charlotte, uh, her name is an inspiration from Charlotte Figgy and Stanley Brothers and Charlotte's Web, the CBD strain. Um, also, I think it's just a classic uh, classic children's book name, Charlotte. Mm. Uh, it really worked with the character of who Charlotte is. Um, you know, Bruce, um, you know, is, uh, is he, uh, he kind of looks like how I did when I was a bit younger with, <laughs> with glasses and, <laughs> and suspenders. But, you know, his, his story, his story inspiration is of a friend of mine that I know that has been using CBD very young for medical condition. And so that was kind of where Bruce's inspiration kind of came from. And then Jack is um, also, again, another uh, story of somebody I know, very, very similar personality. And so, you know, when developing these stories, I said to myself, I wanted them all to be different, but I wanted them all to complement each other. And I wanted them all to have uh, these very diverse backgrounds in terms of their life experiences uh, that as we develop additional stories, uh, you know, that will start to come together. And I think ultimately my experience of the cannabis industry is, um, at least historically from the legacy spaces, these communities were filled with folks from different walks of life, different backgrounds, and they were all able to kind of come together for their appreciation or affinity of cannabis. And so I wanted a story where these characters wouldn't be together unless cannabis brought them together. And you can definitely see that shine through in the book. The diversity in the book is beautiful and the respect for um, for cannabis and all that is possible, you know, is, is so awesome. And I don't want to spoil the book because the way you start it and the way you end it is just um, very, very um, insightful and, and very interesting. And I want folks to be able to dig into that for themselves. So 
Um, let's talk about families and storytelling. You know, you said that you believe that every good story starts with great characters, and I totally agree. And um, there are definitely characters in every family. <laughs> we know <laughs> every family member has that personality that cannot be mistaken. Yeah. So what made you decide that storytelling is the best tool for conversations on cannabis between uh, the child and the parent caretaker? Cause there's, you know, we, you could go to a blog post, you could watch, you, you, there's so many things that you could do, but what made you say, Hey, we're going to do a children's book. Storytelling is the pathway that we need to take with this. So, you know, I, 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 coming back to the format of the children's book, we needed something that would force people to stop and pay attention, right? So if we wrote a white paper, you know, with our glossary and tried to explain the cannabis mm-hmm. industry, it, it wouldn't be as exciting. And I don't think it would it would create or spark a conversation. Uh, with the format of the book and what I've heard from parents is uh, they're having these deeper conversations that the book is starting to inspire and and they're able to explore. And so in many ways, we've I, I try to write it in a way that was... Uh, it was open enough that a parent can pick up where where we didn't finish off. And so that might be as simple as, you know, mom and dad, what is horticulture? What is botany? You know, and, and then that mm-hmm. exploration can really happen with the parents. And I think parents want to have that exploration with their children. They want to talk about science. They want to talk about what they do for a living. They want to talk about jobs or careers or the, the economy generally. And, and again, we're talking nine years old, but... Uh, this is uh, another gap that I've seen in education, and you see this especially in you know post secondary education, where folks are 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 getting degrees or getting educated just to get educated, with but with no understanding of what will this mean for my life or mm-hmm. in terms of a career and a job. And so, in many ways, I'm I'm hoping that this you know we're we're, we're looking at this from the lens of the cannabis industry, but I think there's a whole host of things that can be done to help. Um, you know, these young adults really start to learn about the type of careers and jobs and opportunities that exist and, and spark this innovation and curiosity uh, that they eventually will have to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of in many ways, I, I think, hopefully what the book is starting to do in terms of conversations at home. Yeah, I love what you said about how the book um, ends in a way where adults can pick up where the book leaves off. Um, and I'm the type of person, if I find out about something great or informative, I can't help but tell everybody. So <laughs> I've gone around <laughs> and I've found um, like even people, folks that I know, friends of family or friends who are in there, they are in college or, you know, they are young adults. They're not even elementary school kids that no, no K through 12, but they are full blown. I'm in college getting yeah. their degrees and they have a love and appreciation for cannabis. Yeah. It's way more people than than society is willing to come out and say and I know that for a lot of them, they've grown up in families just like I did, where cannabis was just like so taboo. Like we don't talk about it. What the heck? You know, what did you say? What are you looking at? And so I showed them the book. I was like, hey, guys, look, there's this there's this kid's book and it's about cannabis. And like they literally dropped everything. Like, I'm not even kidding. And they were like about we <laughs> like, you know, that's the <laughs> They're like, and kids? And I was like, yeah, like, read it. And so we took a look at it, and they were just like, ah, like, because of the respect and, like, the 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 maturity of, of 
how the the plant is looked at and talked about and the industry is talked about in the book. And these, you know, I'm talking about people who are getting their degree in accounting, that are getting their degrees in so many things. And the conversations that I have, sometimes they're just like, I don't really even know what I want to do with the degree, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And so a book like this, even for people, you know, from ages, you know, kindergarten all the way up, it is just, it, it can be a thing that can help you to, to really uh, open your mind up to the possibilities of what your life can be and, and what your education can be, uh, can be like. And so, um, so we're, what about, cause we, we got to keep it real. So what about families who may worry about the fact that educating their child on cannabis um, might make their child curious about actually trying cannabis recreationally? So what, if someone is thinking like that, what's a perspective that they may not have considered yet? Hey, you guys, I trust that you've made it this far into today's episode because you're deeply enjoying the conversation. Bringing you this show weekly is always a pleasure, but it does require me to put out a lot of hard work, time and resources. Yes, I'm a one woman team producing this podcast every week. That means finding guests, planning out each episode, editing the audio, and even promo. So if you enjoy the podcast and you want to help me keep this show going, you absolutely can. Here are four great ways you can support the show today. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can rate the podcast and leave a review directly on Apple Podcasts or the Podbean app if you're an Androider. When you do this, your review helps more people find and listen to the show which means more kids get the resources that they need to thrive. You can also share your favorite episode on social media with your colleagues and with everyone you know. And four, you can support the Egg Gap Evolution by purchasing handmade, yes, I design and make the t-shirts myself, handmade inspiring kids apparel on our website, edgapevolution.com. Okay, thank you for your support. Now let's dive back in to hear the rest of today's episode. So I, I think, you know, if you, you parents, you, you have to be very honest with yourself. The idea that somehow, um, you know, a child nine plus isn't being exposed to the fact that adults are smoking and consuming cannabis or cannabis is uh, permissible or cannabis is talked about in pop culture, like just for, for decades. I mean, it's I, I think it's just it's not a tenable situation for a parent today. I think ultimately if you don't have that conversation with your child about cannabis, somebody else will. And, and mm-hmm. I think the risks need to be stated that high with parents. And they have an opportunity to really go in and have that conversation. And that conversation might help them have conversations beyond cannabis. There's, you know, cannabis by far is probably one of the more safest, you know, recreational uh, substances that you can use today legally, but there's there's a lot of other things that that can be so much more damaging, and and we're not educating our children about that either. And so, in in many ways, I think what what this is this is a tough conversation. It is not easy. I've had I've had some folks been very negative. You know, one individual's like, oh, you know, talking to ch- children about cannabis is just stupid, and. And that really bothers me because it's just that idea of, okay, we're not going to educate our kids on cannabis. We're just going to tell them, don't do it. It's bad. It's going to, you know, it's going to damage your brain. And then at 19 or 20 or 21, depending on where you live, we're then going to tell our children, you can now use cannabis, but do it responsibly. Like, like it, what does that mean? 
Exactly. What does that mean? At that stage, at 21, nobody's interested in trying to understand before you <laughs> of the plan. Nobody's interested in trying to understand, has this been tested? Nobody's interested right. on on trying to get a backstory. At, at 21, 18, they're probably just thinking, now that I can legally smoke, I'm walking to my dispensary and I'm just going to buy anything. And, and that's the wrong approach. And I would right. prefer that, you know, by the time you're, you know, our kids get, become of age and they're able to consume legally some of these substances, that they're so educated and informed that some of them might decide not to, or those that do decide are very particular of who and what brands are going to consume and how they consume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I think in many ways, I think it's the, I think parents just have to say, if if, if, if you don't educate your child, somebody will. And that other person that does likely won't have your child's best interest at heart. And so I think it's really incumbent on parents to really own that that conversation. And hopefully this tool, this book, and I think many others that will follow after it will help parents have that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's so important what you said about um, parents, you know, if you don't talk to your kid about something, somebody else will. This is yeah. real life. People talk, people have agendas. And even though the agenda might not necessarily be negative, it could be, but someone's agenda might not be negative. But I know even as far as something like sex education, it's something that a lot of parents can still be uncomfortable with talking with their kids about. We could talk about alcohol. We could talk about things like finances, you know, in yeah. some families oh. and communities, it's just taboo it's it's just not something that's talked about um and so then when you get out into the real world like let's even take it to something like finances let's say you don't educate your kid on that and you know then they get 18 19 20 21 they might even graduate from college and now it's like here's your paycheck and they're sitting there like i don't know what to do so you're absolutely right i mean credit is a great example you there's you know we send our kids out into the world and some of them have no understanding of credit Mm-hmm. they need to and there's other families like I, I i remember i worked with this individual and her father had taught her about credit really early on that she only used credit card but she also always paid off her balance every month and i used to ask her, you have a debit card like why are you using your credit card and she goes i'm building credit and so she was taught very early and i, I think the rest you know my friends and people i knew we were like oh we got a credit card that just meant free money. It didn't, right. it didn't mean I, it was to build credit so then I could buy a house and, and, and be able to, to, to leverage it to, to, for, for growth. It, it, you know, and so I, I think the same thing with cannabis, right? And, and it's a great example. It's, you can look at alcohol and say, you know, how many college kids are, in, uh, are abusing alcohol because when, it, when they're able to use it, they've had zero education about the dangers of alcohol. Uh, and by the time and by the time they do, it's too late. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So do it now. Have the tough what some might consider a tough conversation now. And it honestly, it benefits children um, so far along in their future. And speaking of the future, um, I want to get into um, the industries that you talk about in your book, Kids of Cannabis. So we know that 90 percent or even more of today's most secure jobs require science, technology, engineering, and math skills. That's just what it is. That's the future. And so can you elaborate on some of the industries that your book introduces children to? Yeah, it's great. Um, and I'm really, I, I mean, I love the glossary. That's, I, I kind of geek out and that's kind of where we have all our industries uh, laid out, but they're, 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 they're present throughout the entire book. Uh, agriculture and farming 
um, is something that I'm pretty excited about. I, I think there's this huge developments happening in agriculture technology. Um, you know, the future will see gardens uh, and and farming's kind of uh, places everywhere, like vertical farms, farm uh, you know, uh, farmers markets and buildings where you're actually growing your own fruit. And I, and I think there's just a ton of opportunities in that space, and really rooted in science and um, whether it's um, you know chemistry and and and. and and just a really a ton of things that are happening in that space. So I'm really excited about that for, from a from a from a uh, an opportunity standpoint um, from for society. Uh, education, I think, is a big area as well. Um, you know, I think we're just scratching the surface on cannabis research and education. Um, and I think there's tons of growth opportunities that are going to be happening in that space as well. Uh, but we go through, we have 14 different kind of categories that we talk about within our, in, within the cannabis industry. And I think for most folks, most folks really only think cannabis is agriculture and farming and retail and potentially manufacturing. And the reality is it is a lot more complex than that. Uh, you know, one area that I think is pretty exciting uh, in cannabis that doesn't get spoken a lot about is real estate. And so uh, in areas where cannabis are opening factories that have been closed or going into small towns that um, that maybe don't have a huge employment um, uh, base in terms of opportunities that exist there, uh, cannabis has really helped, you know, increase real estate value on commercial real estate. It's it's helped local traffic in terms of uh, driving more people through through communities and so, in many ways, I think there's there's tons of these, these nice little pockets that the cannabis industry has. Uh, again, there's 14 different categories that we've been able to indicate, but the backbone of that is about 192 different subcategories that would fit underneath those 14 categories. Amazing, amazing, and I yeah, I just when you guys grab the book and like get into the different industries, it's really. I thought that I knew quite a bit. I mean, I'm by no means engrossed in the cannabis industry, but I do. Um, I spend a lot of time in places like Denver and Portland, and even Toronto, places where I was just able to get more information on it. Um, and so I thought that I knew quite a bit about the industries that were that merged with cannabis, but this book for me opened up so many more. So we're talking about jobs and livelihoods, guys. This isn't only about recreation. This is uh, much bigger than that. And so, Brian, thank you for creating this book. Um, and you said that one thing that the book touches on, uh, one industry is education. And so I want to zoom out a bit and get your opinion on um, on education. So what is the world taking too long to realize when it comes to the way that we educate children? And how are you changing that? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think we're, we're doing a small part and, you know, we're, I, I think one of the things that I've seen has a potential gap in education is uh, having that conversation about jobs and careers needs to happen so much earlier, uh, I think, in, uh, in a child's development. And, and it's, it's too easy to kind of relegated to, oh, I want to be a fireman. I want to be a policeman. I want to be, you know, these are just, they're, they're very surface level in the sense that it's easy for a child to say, that's what I want to be, that that's what they're exposed to. Mm-hmm. And I think really what we wanted, what we need to do as a society, especially in some of these uh, where we have, you know, underrepresentation of certain individuals in, 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 in our economy uh, is really starting to educate really early on the type of jobs and careers that can exist and the things that people can do with their life. 
Uh, I think it's that important. I, the, you know, I've, I've interviewed so many people that come out of university and have no clue. They have absolutely no clue. And, and, you know, as soon as you graduate and like, you should be ready, you know, you should have been ready probably even, you know, two years before you graduated, but, you know, people are walking out and they're still trying to figure out life. And, and I think that's just, it's a shame because I think um, if I think back, you know, when I was younger, I would have loved to have been exposed to some of the things that I'm now exposed to uh, because maybe I would have chosen a different path from a career standpoint. Um, and I think that's probably the same with a lot of folks. Um, and I think that's one thing that I think I would love to be part of, you know, helping us just redefine how education, how we educate our kids in preparing them for real life. Yeah, and it's it's really exciting, you know, for kid for the kid themselves to just to be able to say, hey, this is what I'm interested in at five, you know, six, yeah. seven, ten. If they're going to make that pivot about what they're interested in, want to do, let it be at 16, not 42, you know, not, not, <laughs> let's, let's not get it. folks to, huh? Yeah, I agree. No, I'll say 100%. Yeah, let's, let's get them to try so many, a new thing every two to three years. Like, yeah. uh, I need to do that when you're teenage years and try to do that at, in your 20s or your early 30s and you're still like well i don't know if i want to do this for the rest of my life or what's worse is my job is just my job my my what i love to do is 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 something else my passion is something else and i and i you know unfortunately there's a lot of folks who their job job is just a job that's it right they don't like it they don't enjoy it but they have to do it um and they would rather do something else but they just don't know how um And I think that's just, it's, it's a shame because we have one life, right? And we should be able to, uh, if we're fortunate enough, we should be able to, 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 be, to be lucky to do what we love and, and, and hopefully get paid to do it as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. I just, there's so many folks who don't know that your passion can pay you and should. <laughs> you, you should love what you do. Um, and so, so um, when I read the book, what stood out to me was the, the tone of the book it was just it's such a beautiful tone um I like the way that it was written in such a matter of fact and easygoing tone um so can you talk about your creative process when deciding the tone that the book would take because when folks hear can sometimes when folks hear about cannabis um you know the a, a rave pops up in folks head you know <laughs> is the book <laughs> some underground party or just yeah. like so many things people's minds can run free but the way that it was written is just i appreciate it a whole lot so can you talk about your creative process when deciding what tone the book would take so when i originally wrote it it was much longer um and it had probably a bit more a bit more kind of storylines of the children kind of interweave. But when we started to kind of do our edit, I realized that it, it was becoming very confusing. Like there was so much going on that, you know, we were having probably way too many messages. And so we started to have to just really say, okay, what's, what is our core message that we want to get across? And what is our, our, our core purpose? So one was the education of the industry. Uh, the other was an introduction of the characters um, and then the other piece was really that 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 kind of template or um, canvas that parents can pick up and start to have that conversation with their kids. And so uh, we knew that we were going to do book two and three, 
And so some of the other kind of storylines that we had initially in in book one that we kind of cut out are going to be in the later books. And so it was it was it was fairly tough in what not to include. Uh, And so the cutting down process kind of resulted in in the book being a bit more to the point, simple, fun, educational, but really easy to understand because, um, you know, I think the worst thing we could have done is create added another layer of complexity into the story, um, especially when we're trying to just introduce people to having this conversation with their kids. Yeah. Yeah. If we go full blown storytelling kids book, it, it just, you know, people might be like, wait a minute, like, you know, are they educating or are they, are they, are they trying to, uh, you know, get kids into the cannabis culture? And that wasn't really the point, really. This was around, let's educate kids. This is not about trying to lure kids into cannabis culture, which I don't think is uh, uh, appropriate. And that's definitely not the point. Uh, But this is a tool to help educate children about the industry, um, but by no means uh, the end of that conversation. Yeah. And I, I, you can definitely get that when you read the book. Um, like I said, it was, it's such an easygoing tone. It's, um, enlightening. And when we're talking about, um, one of the main reasons you wrote the book was to help folks who wanted to work in the cannabis industry or who already do have that conversation with their kids. I know when I was growing up, my dad was a police officer. Um, and so it was nowadays, especially that's a very controversial topic, um, (laughs) or profession (laughs) to be in. And um, I would just appreciate it how my parents did educate me on what my father did for a living. Yep. Um, and and it wasn't necessarily back then in the 90s. It wasn't as hot, a hot of a topic as it is now. But I can only imagine. So I'm saying all that to say, you know, sometimes, folks, it can be easy to just jump straight to cannabis and the stigma that is attached to it, as opposed to thinking, hey, there's so there's so many different categories where we just need to get the education, you know, educate. And when you educate folks, they can make decisions for themselves. And so that's what I really appreciate about this book is that you didn't push anything. It was, it's education based. And, yeah. um, and the last thing we wanted to do, because, you know, one is I, I think you have to respect the relationship uh, uh, between a parent and a child. And, and, yeah. and you can't get in between that relationship by trying to uh, force a narrative to that child or to that family. Right. And so in many ways, we were. I was very, very kind of um, very aware of let's ensure that, you know, a parent doesn't feel that this is a threatening tool um, or that it's somehow going to deter from the education that they've already provided at home. Again, it's a tool for them to say, I want to have an uncomfortable conversation, but I don't want it to be surrounded by a do not do use or negative. I want it to go beyond that. Uh, and really an opportunity for us to kind of bond and connect. And so uh, just quickly, the mother, uh, a mother had purchased a book and she was sharing it online and her six-year-old, um, you know, who's, who knows what mom does for work, was going through the book looking for mom's job, like, you know, trying to wow. pin out of which one of these pages uh, is the job that my mom does, right? And and I thought that was just, this is a six-year-old, right? And they're very yeah. aware of it, but there was a sense of pride and, and like she was excited to be able to say, this is what my mom does and find the page. Uh, it was, it's those moments that were, that I want parents to have uh, because I think that's, that's the conversation parents want to have. They don't want to have the conversation be like, mom and dad does this, but you know, you know, you can't do this. You know, it's, it's just, it, it's very strange. 
Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that would be a strange conversation. Um, um, so I'm glad that, you know, this book is is helping folks to usher into those, uh, those unconventional conversations that we are, you know, we have the power to make conventional, um, if we really do educate and try. And so, Speaking of tools and, you know, looking for mom's job, <laughs> you created a tool yourself that helps people find jobs yeah. um, and it's called Careers Cannabis. So could you tell us more about Careers Cannabis um, and how the idea to start the company came about? Absolutely. So uh, Careers Cannabis, the idea came about in 2018. Um, I was on LinkedIn. I knew I wanted to do something in cannabis and a lot of folks say, you know, do what you know. And I, and I know recruiting and I know staffing very well. Uh, but I didn't want to just be like every other kind of, you know, recruiting or staffing company that's just going to do the same thing, but just do the same thing in cannabis. Uh, but on LinkedIn uh, in 2018, somebody in my space in the industry had put out kind of a call out. They said, I met this amazing director of sales. They want to work in cannabis, but we don't know where to start. Does anybody know who's hiring? And immediately it was like this eureka moment. And I thought to myself, here's a professional recruiter who can't find who's hiring in cannabis. I thought to myself, there's no way the average person is going to find a job in cannabis. Uh, and that kind of really kind of started the motion. It was just like, well, what if we could actually help people, you know, navigate the complexity of cannabis because it's federally uh, still illegal in the U.S. That's really kind of dictated a lot of these large platforms to not optimize their platforms for the cannabis industry. And so if you're on LinkedIn or if you're on any of the other platforms, um, you know, it, it, you have to do a lot of really, you know, um, uh, smart searching to be able to figure out, is this a cannabis company? What sector do they work in? What do they do? Uh, and so ultimately, I, I, our initial mandate, our initial mission was, uh, can we help people find uh, a job in the cannabis industry? And, and as we started, we realized that uh, we couldn't just end there. We needed to not only just improve the experience, we needed to expand the market, which is how we stumbled on this area, this issue of stigma, preventing people from getting into the cannabis industry. Uh, and that the back of the book, the glossary is essentially the taxonomy that we built uh, in organizing the industry in a way uh, that would make it easier for people to be able to identify in which area of the industry would they be a good fit. Yeah, I actually checked out um, the website and I've actually been sharing it with some folks. People I know actually applied to <laughs> some jobs last week. Nice. Um, okay. So, what, and I do appreciate the way that you organize the industries. Um, and I, I have no idea what it looks like to to run a startup or to do something like that. So um, I imagine that it, it, you're sticking with it. So it, it's exciting, at, you know, maybe every day or some days. But um, if at all, what is one aspect of running your your company that excites you the most? Uh, you know, it's what excites me the most, I think, is that I'm learning, um, that I'm constantly being uh, stretched um, it's making me a better person because of it. Um, and so there's, there's no day is the same. Like it's every day is different. Um, but you know, running a startup can be extremely hard and it can be extremely rewarding. I'd say this week, what the most exciting part of running a startup has been is getting the messages from parents and, um, uh, uh, uh people that have read the book 
and just the just the the the, the reviews and and how it's actually really impacted their life and and that feels good as a you know as an early stage startup to know that oh wow you can produce something uh, and people actually love it you know um, you know also this week we've had our largest uh, web traffic numbers uh, in the last sixty days since relaunching. Uh, and that's also exciting too, because it's, you know, when we started and we were, you know, on this mission to build it, we, we had this assumption that if we organize the industry, you know, it would be easier for people, but we had no idea if people actually would care. Um, and to see people caring and to see our numbers grow, it's, that's exciting. Uh, but it's a startup, right? Next week, it might be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we're gonna, this whole thing is going to fail. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> abort, abort. And what did I do with the last three years of my life? So, so <laughs> this week is good, but you know, in a startup, it's, it's, it, you, you got to kind of roll with the punches. So, um, yeah, it, it seems like you're no stranger to rolling with the punches. Um, because <laughs> when I so guys, I should tell you the backstory of how I got in touch with Brian. So I'm on LinkedIn uh, most days. Um, and so I was looking for and I think it was either the education hashtag some hashtag and like, for the past, like ever since I started this podcast, I was like, I need someone who can talk about cannabis. And, and can't, like, that was just something that in my mind, I was like, this is going to happen. Um, and so when I came across your post on LinkedIn, where you announced that you had written the book and you, you know, that you released the book, you mentioned that you were both excited and nervous to announce the release. Um, and I, for so many reasons, I would imagine. Um, but you did it anyway. And so, Brian, could you tell us, is there a benefit to doing what we know is right in life, even if we're nervous? And if so, what's that benefit? So, so I, I think there's, there's a mental health benefit of doing what you know is right, even when you're nervous. And one, it's 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 a release, right? And so, if if anybody who's who wants to do something has a desire to do something, um, probably has a lot of anxiety built up around it, right? It's it feels like it's just this unresolved issue you have in your life. Uh, once you do it, it kind of helps resolve it. It doesn't make it easier, but it helps at least say, okay, the, that part is done. Uh, now I got to move on to the next part. Um, so I, I'm really happy that I that I did it. My nerves were really driven around my own personal stigma, right? As a black man talking about cannabis, I was just nervous about, you know, will people take this the wrong way? Um, will will this hurt me? Will this hurt my career, my reputation? Like again, all the stigma that I think we naturally go through, and I think had me having to go through that same stigma <laughs> about a book around stigma, um, <laughs> uh, and and seeing on the other end that actually uh, it, it, I had nothing to be nervous about. The responses have been great. People have have really embraced this conversation, and in many ways, it just it, it kind of just reminds you that. You know, you're, you're most times in this world, you're not alone. Uh, and there is somebody uh, in a community out there that likely shares your views or your passion on whatever you're passionate about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. And since we're, you know, since one, the, the good advice given train, because thank you for that great advice. Um, so what's the best advice that you've ever received? So the best advice, I'm going to give this advice because um, from a startup perspective. So one of the best advice that I've received running a startup 
is never hire anybody to do a job you don't know, you haven't tried to do yourself. And, and it's very easy that when you start, it's like, okay, I need marketing. I don't know anything about marketing, so I'm going to go hire a marketing person. Or I need sales and, and I, or finance. And, I'm, and I don't know anything about finance, but I'm going to hire somebody. And, and what happens is that ignorance uh, creates a lot of issues and problems, the issues of, on terms of expectation, uh, and, and then ultimately uh, potentially issues around trust. And so what I, you know, and I've made those mistakes, so I can give this advice having made those mistakes. Now, when I, even if I don't know marketing, for example, and I attempt to do marketing, I'm going to know all the things that I'm going to, that I'm going to need to hire somebody to do, but I'm also going to have a better expectation of what that, what the outcome of their job should be. And I'm better prepared to, to be able to engage in a conversation with a professional because I've absolutely, I've attempted to do it. And so it's a bit tough as a CEO when you have to try and do everything in order to build your company. But absolutely, I think it's the best thing to do. And you will need to hire other individuals because, you know, folks are, will be way better than you in, in certain areas of the business. But by having an understanding of what you're hiring them to do, uh, you will hire better. Yeah, thank you for that. It makes it just makes so much sense. You know, it's like, um, I don't know, when people, uh, a weird example, my sister uh, has a food blog, and <laughs> folks will literally be like, can you tell me where to eat? And you know, and so and she can give good recommendations and pick good places and help people, you know, help everybody do their best, the restaurant, the person looking for a place to eat, everybody can do well, because she's actually experienced the thing that she is pushing on to someone else's life in kind of a way. Yeah. And so um, that can that can spiral into every part of life. So thank you for that. Um, and so what's the best advice that you've ever given? That's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I, I hope all my advice is good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know for sure. I mean, um, I, I can tell you there is I, so I can't I don't know if I have any particular advice that I've given that I know is the best advice I've given. I know that I've um, so I have a lot of folks that will that will call me and they'll be stuck in their job search, and you know we'll go through kind of what are they doing, um, you know where their challenges are, and typically after that twenty thirty minutes we will uncover something that they haven't they haven't they've been completely blind to, and so in many ways I think you know the best advice I've typically given is is happens when. Um, I mean, even if it's a short relationship with somebody and I get to know what they're looking to get out of the life and being able to channel that or direct that in a place that um, gives them the momentum to be able to go out there and get it or a tool and strategy to be able to get it. And so I know that doesn't necessarily answer your question immediately, but I I think probably the best advice I've given is career advice. I, I couldn't tell you um, you know, uh, uh, exactly what that is. It's, it's more general uh, in nature. No, well, thank you. Because, uh, now we know that Brian is the career advice man. I'm not saying blow up his inbox or anything with y'all's job questions, but <laughs> you do know where to find careers cannabis if you are interested, um, in, in job searching, because they're just, as you hear, it's so many options, so many industries, and it's just a world of resources that that's available to you. So, so take advantage. Um, go ahead and check it out. And so, Brian, before we wrap up, can you let the listeners know where they can go and grab copies of uh, Kids of Cannabis and how they can stay in touch with you and all of your great resources? Oh, fantastic. So Kids of Cannabis is available Kindle and paperback on Amazon.com. 
uh, .ca, pretty much on most Amazon uh, marketplaces around the world. Uh, so check us out online. Uh, we also have a website for the Kids of Cannabis, kidsofcannabis.com. Very easy to get to. Uh, we'll be releasing two more books planned for this year. Uh, the, sec- the second book is about Charlotte, uh, one of the characters in Kids of Cannabis. Uh, and the third book is going to be about Bruce. Um, in terms of myself, and uh, you know, I'm on most socials, but LinkedIn is probably the best place to, to get me at. So uh, my name is Brian Sikandi, S-E-K-N-D-I. Uh, and then, of course, Careers Cannabis. Careers Cannabis is uh, the publisher of Kids of Cannabis. is also our job search engine. Uh, very simple enough, careerscannabis.com. Uh, links to social all uh, on our homepage of our site as well. Awesome. Thank you. And I'm also going to drop the links to all that Brian has just talked about in the show notes. So please do not forget to go there so that you can get a hold of all that we talked about and really dive into all the great resources available. But Brian, thank you so much for joining us, dropping your wisdom and enlightening us on what you have going on and what's possible for our lives as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for having me. This is, uh, it's been a great conversation. Um, and I uh, really, really appreciate the opportunity to connect with you and your audience. My pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So what'd you think? How will you take what you learned today on the EdGap Evolution podcast to make sure that more children and families know that they have more options for building a magnificent future? If you like what you heard and want to get notified when the next episode goes live, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll notify you when the next episode is out. Don't forget to check the show notes where I share information on today's guests. And yes, we do have a website. You can always pop in on us at www.eggapevolution.com. Again, I'm Mariah Phillips, and I leave you with this. Embrace the evolution, y'all.